0: Welcome everyone to Podland. Uh, my name is Nick. Joining me is Jason from sunny California. Very uh, I'm I'm coming live from gloomy Michigan. It hit fifty today, which feels like a miracle.
1: That's still probably the coldest day of the year here in Southern California. I think
0: one thing we can agree on, weather aside, is that this is probably, I know for sure it is my favorite time of the year sports-wise, March Madness, got the brackets yesterday. How are you feeling about State's draw? You like yeah, Duke in the is, second round? this is round?
1: interesting. You and I are on opposite ends of the fandom spectrum. I'm a Michigan State fan. You're a Michigan fan. Yeah. For those it's... not in Michigan, though, might not know that what well, did rivals – yeah. The w- Michigan State got I think I think considering how our season went, we got a pretty good seed. Well a seven seed playing Davidson first in the first round, which I Foster think Foster Lawyer good. revenge game. Yeah, that's right. That's gonna be crazy, dude. I didn't even think about that. And then yeah, if we win we play Duke, which I will say I think they're pretty weak number two, so I'm not that upset about it. The, they honestly
0: they should have been a three.
1: Tennessee should have been a two in all Remember all uh a couple years ago, I mean, it was one of the greatest MSU basketball games I've ever watched, but when we beat Zion Williamson's Duke team, yeah. that was unreal. I remember being so upset that they put us in the same bracket as Duke. It just felt so unfit. We were, like, by far the best two seed that year. Duke was probably the best one seed, and they put us together, which was frustrating. Yeah, but.
0: the committee loves putting Izzo and Coach K together. I feel like this has happened the past, like, 12 years. It's happened, like, five times.
1: And this is the last uh, last time, Coach K swan song right here. So I would Ken- love his uh, I would love his career to be ended by Tom Izzo. That'd be awesome.
0: Fun fact about that Zion game: Kenny Goins hit that game winning shot. Correct? Am, am I correct? Yep. Yep. A couple of months later, May 2019, I beat Kenny Goins in Game of Thrones trivia on MSU's campus. So, who's the real king
1: of East Lansing? You feel pretty good about that one, don't you? Uh,
0: considering the timeline of events, yeah, I do.
1: What about Michigan? Michigan got in. Uh, Michigan got
0: in. I was surprised, honestly. I was expecting, like, the Rutgers got the 12 play-in game. I was expecting to, to land there. We have a draw with a Mountain West Colorado State team who's pretty good. But then if we do upset them, winner gets Tennessee, and Tennessee's an under three seed, so... Not super looking forward to that part, I think happy I think we got it.
1: I think it's safe to say both our teams are looking like a possible round one win and a probable round two exit. If we can watch them play twice the first weekend, we'll be happy. Just don't get
0: upset in the first day, first day.
1: But hey, do you know what will make us happy no matter what happens to our teams? Tom Brady coming out of retirement. Tom Brady, baby. The GOAT. How do you he, feel about that?
0: I can't believe he did that on Bracket Sunday. Like, as soon as the brackets dropped, he unretired and completely, like... He just likes to use up the
1: big sports news stories of the day. He retired Super Bowl week, and then Mm -hmm. he unretired the beginning of March Madness. The man, like, he... The
0: man must just hate his kids. Like, that was his sole purpose of retiring in the first place, was to focus on... His wife and family, and then he now he's hate. like, he unfinished business. It.
1: It's No. Dude, I think he spent the last month and a half hanging out with his kids. And he figured, man, my wife is out working all the time. My kids are going to be in school. Like, how much more time realistically am I going to spend? Yeah. I think it's not a big deal. It's not a big deal. He's Do you think fine. this will he's be like his, his kids last kids. season? Probably. This, this one? Probably. Okay. A good buddy of mine who's not a big sports fan, but a follower of all all-time greats, like Tom Brady, texts me saying, "Hey, we might need to fly out to Tampa watch him one last time." Me and
0: me and um, our mutual buddy who lives in Atlanta, I, I went down and watched Brady play in December, uh, play at the Falcons' Mercedes-Benz Stadium, and it was awesome. I th- we were like, "Wow!" When he retired last month, we were like, "Dang, we just finally saw him." So. Maybe does he have any have you looked at the schedule do
1: they have any West Coast trips? I don't know. That's the a Bucks? good that's a good question. Let's see. Bucks 2022 schedule. Let's take a look. I mean they were here playing against the Rams this past season. I went to I went to 3 games at SoFi Stadium. Um two Rams, awesome. one Chargers? Yes, yep. Yep. I went to Who has one the biggest of- turnout between the two? Oh, it was well, Rams has more turnout than Chargers, but that's not saying much. The Rams regular season game, it was a Monday night football game, it wasn't that much of a turnout. The Chargers played the Vikings and it was probably sixty five to seventy percent Vikings fans. Oh and, wow. uh, but but the Rams home game in the playoffs, I went to the first home playoff game and it was packed all Rams fans and it was a blast. So they uh, they're not in LA again next year. The closest they're going to be to me is in San Francisco.
0: I mean, that's that's still a shorter flight than Tampa Bay.
1: It is, but there's something special probably about about being in Tampa, watching them in a home game where everyone's cheering for him. That's fair. Well, let's uh, let's get into some actual movie talk, right? Yeah, I before we jumped into this episode,
0: I thought since both of us saw batman since we previously recorded did you pick up on anything on a repeat visit or viewing not visit i guess visit to gotham city i've seen it now three you've seen it two. anything that stood out your initial viewing
1: yeah i i think coming out of the second viewing i honestly appreciate it even more and going into it if you remember from last week's episode i just i just was really caught up in that Ending sequence that I was not a fan of, and some creative yeah. choices they made. And going into it the second time, I just I blocked that out of my ma- my mind, my headspace. And I think knowing that that was coming, just blocking it out and watching it for what it was, made the experience so much better. I I was noticing like the little details. I mean, the way Batman w- moved in every scene, I was just like really keen into. Yeah, Robert Pattinson's acting portrayal is just so spot on. It's so well thought through. It. I mean, it was definitely more appreciated, uh, appreciative for me, in my second viewing. And I'm actually gonna go a third time with a buddy who hasn't seen it yet on Wednesday. So, I'm excited to see a third time. I can't remember the last time I watched a movie three times in theaters. I think it was probably Endgame, or maybe even Force Awakens. I don't even know.
0: Yeah, I I saw it a third time on a whim. I. Was like sitting at home. And I was like, man. wasn't it the night we did our first episode? It was, the, it was the night we recorded. And I was, it was after we were talking about it, I was like, man, I really wish that I was watching Batman right now. And so I just, I checked the
1: time. It was in 15 minutes and I just got
0: in the car and I went.
1: Yeah. It it's, got me, it got me hyped for the Penguin Show. I mean, wasn't the Penguin Show just Greenlit by HBO?
0: Yeah. Up until, I mean, it was talked about even before the movie came out. Um, that they wanted to do this, they Matt Reeves has come out and said that now the Penguin show is now greenlit on HBO Max. Um, Colin Farrell returning, and it's he described it as a limited series, which I think is cool. Um, give seven eight hours worth of kind of like a crime show in Gotham, um, kind of set up where the second movie will take place. It's gonna take place like with the power vacuum that Penguin is now trying to fill so that'll be interesting the second show like the gotham city police show um, has now pivoted into like an arkham series matt reeves said so hopefully that gets greenlit too but honestly as as much i will take as much batman gotham content that matt reeves decides to give me so i'm i'm happy about that
1: yeah i'm i'm excited about it i i I, I like this universe. I said it last week. I don't want to drag on talking about the Batman, but I like the universe a lot. And yeah. Yeah. I'm I stoked. just wanted to. I'm so I'm, I'm stoked to see more of it.
0: Yeah. Um, Your crush, Florence Pugh, if you want to have a Florence Pugh moment, go to the Pugh corner.
1: Yeah. I only follow really one celebrity on Instagram. I'm really only on Instagram, not really on, on Twitter or TikTok, but... I follow one celebrity and one celebrity only on Instagram, and That's it's Florence Pugh. Oh, mm-hmm. my gosh, man. I'm a Pugh man through and through. This woman <laughs> can do no wrong, man. Oh, my gosh. She is a goddess, and uh, she could tell me to cut off my left foot, and I'll just do it. She's She's so, got that hold on me. She's got that type of hold on me.
0: What if I told you she's in
1: negotiations to join Dune 2 as the Princess Irulan? Dude, I, I saw that. I'm so stoked. I'll be honest. I don't know the Dune storyline. I, I have the book, and I started reading the book. I'm only a few chapters in. I'm terrible at reading books. I do it over long periods of time, but I got it after I watched Dune. Dune was probably top three movies uh, you know last year, personally. Oh, easily. I, I, I loved, loved, loved that movie. It was such an exciting movie-going experience, something I haven't. I haven't had that much fun um, and joy in, uh, in in all of something new in the theaters in a long, long time. And uh, and so I'm stoked on the second movie. I don't know who this character is. From what I've been seeing online, apparently it's a pretty pivotal role, right? It's I'm not going
0: to hype it up because Zendaya was like supposed to be in, in the first one a whole lot. And then it was like... Oh, she's in the last scene. It's basically gonna be that. She's gonna be she's gonna come in physically on Arrakis at the tail end of everything.
1: You're really, really raining on my parade here. But Are you serious? So she's not gonna be in it that much.
0: Probably I if I were to put the over under on screen time, I would put the over under on like nine and a half minutes.
1: Oh, that's well, I mean, nine minutes is still nine minutes. I'll take nine minutes of Florence Pew Any day, my friend. And I mean, they still have a
0: lot. I mean, it'll probably be a three-hour movie. For being honest, the fact that Batman got three hours makes me think that Warner Brothers is probably gonna give Denis a really long leash on Dune Two creatively. I mean, Dune was Dune One was pretty long too, right? Over two and a half hours. Yeah. Yeah. So I mean, they just have a lot. I'm thinking about all the the plot that they have to get through and it'll probably have to be close to 3 hours. But yeah, I don't get your hopes up in terms of the character, but I mean, she it's going to be Florence Pugh
1: if things go well. I'm here for it, man. I'm so Um
0: before we get into the movie, I wanted to do some rapid fire TV excitement ranking gauge your interest cuz we had 3 major uh teasers dropped for tv shows uh the first being the obi-wan disney plus limited series which is coming on may 25th the second being the sixth and final season of better call saul which is dropping on april 18th about a month away and then the second part of the season will drop on july 11th and the boys season three which is dropping june 3rd so these are all kind of dropping in the same window like late spring early summer um out of those three what do you watch any of those shows did you see any of the trailers kind of rank them
1: in what you're most excited for out of those three yeah i mean there's a clear winner right i mean come on this is this is not even up for debate that obi-wan teaser trailer was one of i know it's just for a tv show i tell you what though it doesn't look like a tv show that was one of the best teasers for any movie or film uh, or TV or game or whatever that I've seen in a long time. They use Duel of the Fates, the classic song in Phantom of the Menace when Obi-Wan and Qui-Gon fought Darth Maul. Phantom of the Menace? What'd I say? Did I say Phantom of the Menace? (laughs) What'd I say? Phantom of the Menace. Oh, Phantom. Uh, Do you think think the trailer would have been...
0: As good if Duel of the Fates was removed? Because to me, no, no, Duel no, no, of no. the Fates was a nostalgia bait, like, oh crap, Boba Fett did not hit as good as we thought,
1: and we need to get people's spirits, like, up. No, I don't think it was just a nostalgic, uh, you know, bait at all, because it's, I think it ties into the Obi-Wan character perfectly, I mean, it, the song is played at the, at the apex of of obi-wan storyline in the first movie i mean it's directly tied to obi-wan and darth maul and so if you would have put that song on any other trailer you know if that song was in a mandalorian trailer or a um you know or the like one of the sequel trilogies movies trailers it wouldn't have fit it wouldn't have made sense like it it isn't tied to any of those characters it there's no history between any of the characters or the storyline uh, of those movies or TV shows with you know, the first movie. But obviously, it connects with Obi-Wan. And not only was it Duel of the Fates that they played at the beginning of the trailer, but at the end of the trailer, they played a little snippet of the song. I don't remember the, uh, the title Anakin's of the music. Anakin's Dark
0: Deeds, I think.
1: Yeah, yeah. From John Williams played at the at the end of Revenge of the Sith during the Obi-Wan And Anakin fight scene. And so there was a lot of callbacks just in the music. So I guess visually, the trailer wasn't extremely impressive. I was... I'm glad that we
0: saw different planets. Because after some episodes of Mando and all of Boba Fett, I'm just... I need to get off of Tatooine for my own sanity.
1: Yeah. It's... I mean, it's hard, though. It's... I think it's kind of like probably, as a Dune fan, it's probably saying... Hey, let's get off of Arrakis. You know, I mean, it's kind of where everything is in the Star Wars universe. It's all based around Tatooine, and and that's kind of the the you know the starting point of the entire franchise's storylines. So it's tough to get away from it. But I am glad we saw other planets. I'm also glad we saw a live action incarnation of the Inquisitors, which might go over the heads of a lot of casual fans, but it's a pretty cool group of people that is touched on in the comics and in the in the animated shows that yeah they Disney were introduced is, in, done.
0: in rebels i
1: believe right you rebels, watched rebels i did i I really liked rebels i don't think they're in clone wars at all but they're in rebels and i know they're in comic books and then some of the books
0: and um they're like the main antagonists in jedi fallen order
1: yeah and, and which fallen did you play War, the that games i haven't but i i hear really good things about you it. haven't played it Mm-mm. I I sold Dude. my PS4. I sold my PS4. I am in need of a console, and I need to get Are a you PlayStation trying to 5 get a PS5. Soon. I am. I'm going to get a PS5. I'm okay. going to buy it solely for Elden Ring because I hear really good things about. I Elden just Ring. I I just ordered that. It's coming this week no but i i would say obi-wan of those of those three teasers that came out got me the most excited we could have a whole episode just on that i i can foresee us doing a breakdown of each episode when the show comes out yeah you know, easy. We might have to we might have to sneak that in in the show notes moving forward but that's what i'm most excited about the boys looks interesting i, I it's not something i ever look forward to it's something that when it comes out i watch it and i enjoy it but it's I don't necessarily look forward to it at all. I'm not looking it up or looking forward to the release dates. Um, Better Call Saul, I'll be honest, I haven't seen a second of that show. Really? Mm -mm, I really haven't. I know it's really good. I I watch Breaking Bad. I really, really like Breaking Bad. I just haven't gotten around to it, to be honest with you.
0: I'm going to be honest with you. Out of those three teasers that dropped this week, if I were to rank them on an excitement level, I think I'm going Better Call Saul 1. Better Call Saul, Obi-Wan, The Boys. Better Call Saul is, each season, it gets better and better. It is it is a prequel and a spinoff to Breaking Bad, obviously. But it stands alone on its own two feet so well and so impressively that it's like, I am very much looking forward to the season. I'm shocked. You're a huge Star Wars fan. I, but it might be like, Maybe it's Boba Fett, but like having a, like, I don't know. Boba Fett did leave a bad taste in my mouth, but having better, like better call Saul. I've been waiting for the season for a while. I, it, the trailer just got me re excited for it. So I'm going better call Saul, Obi-Wan, the boys, boys looks interesting. It was kind of a short teaser, but I'm sure
1: we can talk about it more once it gets, I mean, it's three months away. So you know what show comes before any of these though? Moon Knight baby Yeah, I act. I just got a a graphic novel to read
0: before and I'm reading through it. I had I'm like I'm going into Moon Knight with no expectations, no like I don't know anything about the character. So I'm
1: it's I'm kind of excited. Well, let's move on from some sports talk and some TV talk to our main movie review for this episode. And this week, like we mentioned last week, we're going to be reviewing The Adam Project. The Adam Project is uh, a movie directed by Sean Levy, starring Ryan Reynolds, Mark Ruffalo, Jennifer Gardner, and Zoe Saldana. And it is about a time-traveling pilot. He teams up with his younger self. And his late father to come to terms with his past while saving the future. What a great write up, Nick. You wrote that up, not me. Well did you just copy and paste that write up? That was that was IMDB, baby. Straight from IMDB. But all you really need to know about this movie is it's a Netflix film, it's Ryan Reynolds, and it's the second movie Ryan Reynolds has done with Sean Levy. The two of them did Free Guy last year. So Which did you see? I did. Big fan. Big fan. And this, uh, and we're gonna save it to the end of the review. But there's um, more news about Sean Levy. It's not the. This is not the last time that he and Ryan Reynolds are gonna team up. So, they're they're kind of getting in the groove with one another. Yeah, it seems like they have
0: have a uh, good working relationship. As as we will discuss at the tail end.
1: So um, why don't why don't you start out, Nick? Give us. Uh, spoiler free for the first, you know, 5 to 10 minutes and then in the last 5 to 10 minutes we'll do spoiler talk. There's not much to talk in terms of spoilers, but give us give us your review of of the Adam project.
0: Yeah, I I joked about it last week at the tail end of last week that I was expecting to walk out of this movie and be like, "Man, I can't believe Ryan Reynolds did Deadpool for the 17th time since 2010." And for the most part, that is true. But I was not expecting this movie to hit an emotional chord that I think it did pretty well. And it's kind of Free Guy, again, another Ryan Reynolds, uh, Sean Levy collaboration. It didn't really have, it was fun. I would say it was it's more fun than, than the Adam Project, but it didn't have that emotional depth that I think the Adam Project really, really tapped into, especially when um, Ryan Reynolds and his younger self... Uh, I need to find this kid's name.
1: Do you have the kid's name up? Yeah, it's... Uh, ooh, I just had it. His name's Walker Scobell.
0: Yeah, Walker Scobell He playing a younger Ryan Reynolds, unbelievable. I. It was like, as much as I'm annoyed at the kind of shtick Ryan Reynolds does outside of Deadpool. That kid did it in like a 13 year old's body. It was very impressive. And a kid actor like that can kind of make or break a movie like this. I mean, it's straight to streaming. It's like you have some big names in it, but like a, a kid actor who's not really super confident can kind of derail a project like this. I thought it was a lot of fun and I kind of rated this movie lower and as I've kind of sat on it, I think I'm going to move it up, which is rare. Typically, I, I overrate something and then I move it down. I think I'm, I'll probably end up, when we give our ratings at the end, moving it up a star or half a star because I did I did have quite a lot of fun with this. What, what did you think?
1: Well, you just gave a really optimistic review of this movie, which is shocking to me. To your point, especially considering how you predicted your review was going to be last week i
0: I d- was not expecting the emotional beats to hit as well as they did and I think that they like the we'll we'll get into it in spoilers, but there were some emotional scenes and depth that they went to that I was like, oh, I actually kind of buy into this
1: well i I'll start my review right there i'll I'll tell what, what am I trying to say I'm gonna I'm gonna. I'm gonna cut this from the podcast. I'm, so I'm gonna start I'm gonna, I'm gonna stop my review right there, um, and I'm just gonna go off of what you were just saying. They, yes, you're right. In Free Guy, there's not much emotional beats, uh, or the emotional beats that it's trying to hit, it misses. And I agree with that statement. What I disagree is that the Adam Project hit. It's emotional beats. Now, I will say this about the Adam Project. It really, to my surprise, is talking a lot about grief and about family, parenting, uh, being a kid, going through grief, being a kid without a parent. I mean, these are really hard-hitting emotional topics, Um, deep ideas tackle in a sci-fi movie and they went full-fledged. They went right in. So much so where every other scene seemingly has dramatic music and it's set up for an emotional tug of the heart. And, you know, it, it, there was just so much of that in this movie. But for me, it didn't land. It, it felt off. It didn't feel genuine. It felt uh... It felt corny. It felt campy. It, um, I, I, even though, the the child actor who played the younger Ryan Reynolds character did, to his credit, an incredibly young Reynolds. Uh, I don't think he hit on the emotional beats, which it's hard to criticize a child actor for that. I just didn't believe it when I was watching it, and it's it felt you know what it felt like. It felt a little bit like a hallmark movie. In, if you watch a Hallmark movie, and the emotional scenes in Hallmark movies just feel really and genuine, feels like a C-level film, which it is. This felt like that, and uh, so I I wasn't a biggest I wasn't the biggest fan of that part of the movie. I think uh, the sci-fi aspect of the movie was relatively fun. Um, I never really bought into the plot line though of the movie. Never really bought into the characters of the movie. I I I rated it I I think I saw your Letterbox. I think I rated it higher than you did cuz I think it's an okay movie and I kind of compare it to other Netflix original movies if, which are we're usually terrible. If comparing
0: like Netflix originals, this is definitely like above par.
1: It's well above par which is why I gave it the rating that I gave it. But In terms of a film itself, I would never watch it again. I would never want to revisit these characters again, so I certainly wouldn't want a sequel. And it's not going to leave a lasting impression. It would be hard for me to recommend someone to watch it just because there's not much about it that I find that endearing. It's really trying to be endearing. I think it's a good family movie. Yeah, I mean, if you have some young kids... um, and you want just a classic popcorn movie on a Friday night, sure, throw this one on if you have a Netflix subscription. But if you're a movie-going fan and are looking for some quality content, this would not be at all on near the top of the list. No. Uh, let's, we've kind of been skating
0: around... The plot we've kind of given our general ideas do you want to get into spoilers and kind of dig into like what the movie's about or do you yeah, have anything we could, else to say yeah, non-spoilers
1: I, I think the only non-spoiler thing i would say is i totally agree i'm i'm pretty fed up with the ryan reynolds stick i love it in deadpool and it fits the deadpool character absolutely and so obviously ryan reynolds being casted as deadpool originally and then Ryan Reynolds really leading the charge to remake the Deadpool movie and, and re, you know, redefine who the character is, has worked out fantastically and beautifully and hysterically. I mean, it's, it's a great film franchise, and I can't wait to keep watching it. And Ryan Reynolds is the Deadpool. I mean, there's mm-hmm. just no one else that can fill that role. The problem is he found so much success in that role. That he's now playing that character in every other movie he does, and it's just Ryan Reynolds is now synonymous with that character, and in every yeah. movie, every movie he's in, he's playing that exact same character, and it's frustrating. To the I point think the where,
0: biggest, the biggest like, I think Red Notice maybe was like a little worse if we're comparing like his outings for Netflix. Did you see Red Notice? Didn't
1: watch it didn't watch it's, it I hear it's, I hear it, I hear it feels really
0: like if an ai wrote a movie that had the rock of gal gadot and ryan reynolds in it it's unbelievable
1: yeah it's and they're all just playing themselves i would assume. yeah
0: it's just like there's no i mean it's like fun whippy humor blah, blah blah but i mean to his to ryan reynolds credit here in this movie it is a little toned up like 20% toned down. A
1: what bit. was that What was that movie where all the celebrities played themselves at World's End? or This is the end. This is the end. Now and that Jonah, was hilarious. Jonah Hill, Danny McBride, uh, Seth James Logan. Franco. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Ryan Reynolds would have fit perfectly in that movie playing himself and he would be just this character. Yeah. You know, <laughs> and that would be and that would be fantastic. Yeah. Um, but you can't play the same character over and over and over again in every single movie you're in. And I was going to say, I'll put a bow on this. It's almost like they they know that Ryan Reynolds is playing the same character over and over again. They know it's kind of, you know, a worn-down trope. And so instead of doing something different or, you know, kind of stretching, you know, his acting and, and, and challenging himself with something new, they just kind of doubled down and said, yeah. hey, instead of doing something different let's let's do two of Ryan Reynolds let's have someone else try to imitate Ryan Reynolds with Ryan Reynolds and <laughs> <laughs> that's just like that's what I was thinking about the entire movie it's like man you're really doubling down on the Ryan Reynolds thing and hey again credit to the to the kid he pulled off a great Ryan Reynolds unfortunately I was just annoyed by Ryan Reynolds to begin with and so it, again it wasn't endearing it was just annoying I can appreciate it I think it's for some people out there some people will find enjoyment from it but for me it just was a little a little worn out
0: alright let's get into spoilers if you haven't seen the movie pause this episode turn on your friends Netflix that you have the password for and watch the Adam Project and then circle back to this um, so this I don't even know where to start with this movie the movie opens with like it's opens in 2050, doesn't it? Yeah. Um and big Ryan Reynolds is like in a spaceship just hot, like above earth like just I don't I don't even know. It's like the worst space chase I've ever seen. And then he goes back to 2022. I remember that only because it's the current year trying to go back all the way to 2018 misses it by 4 years. Um so this movie plays a lot with like different timelines. We go to 3 We see 3 different locations in the movie or 3 different spots, don't we? In 2025. Time. Right. 2022, 20, 2018. 20, 2018, right. Big Ryan Reynolds and Little Ryan Reynolds meet in 2022. <laughs> I don't know how you're, you're,
1: you're really trying to grasp you know the plot here will it's almost futile there's not much to grab to hold on to you know they're just flying around time seemingly it, it, at random
0: basically it's almost like Terminator light where Ryan Reynolds is in 2018 is going back to save his father who died his father, was a leading scientist for a company that invented time travel all the way in 2050 but if he stops his dad from creating time travel then everything will just be like peace
1: is that what I'm getting yeah I mean again you're <laughs> you're trying to understand something that isn't worthwhile trying to understand and that's what I would say about the plot line it's it's ridiculous. You have it's to. It's really muddled. It, it in every in every especially sci-fi, but in every movie, there's a, a varied level of your suspended disbelief. So you have to suspend your belief in some capacity in every movie. And what I appreciated so much last week about the Batman is that it wasn't difficult to do that. They, the plot, the the tone the characters why people do what they do. It yeah, was a very, very linear storyline. Very linear and it's very easy to see this happen. You can buy in. You can almost you can almost see, hey, I mean I could see sometime in the world today a character like this being possible. And and it's easy for you to buy in. Now obviously science fiction is science fiction is named science fiction for a reason. It's outrageous. It's it's not real. It's, um, you know, there's a high level of 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 your belief that you have to suspend. But for this movie and this plot line, it's so much so will the plot line is so dumb. It's you know it's a classic. The world is at stake. The world's about to end, and this one person who's like you know a random joe is tasked with saving the entire world from extinction you know that's basically it's basically a classic extinction level movie and it's just hard for me to buy into this like the they want the scope of the movie to be large but the actual film comes out as really small and it's it's just dumb to see Ryan Reynolds running around trying to save the world and he's trying to you know, go back in time to meet his professor dad, uh, who creates time travel and destroys. It just, it's, uh, it just, it didn't pull me in. Nothing about the plotline made sense to me. Uh, they didn't explain anything. You know, he he crash landed in 2022 an accident. They didn't explain why that happened or yeah, how that happened or if there's. It was just brushed that.
0: off as like he missed it by
1: four years. Somehow. Like i oh I missed my time by four years. Okay. <laughs> I guess. Sure. That's a huge window. No seems. one else apparently has ever done that, you know, um, and you can time hop all over the place after that with a mishap just fine. But okay. I guess you missed your time spot. So Mark Ruffalo plays
0: two of, of the Ryan Reynolds dad. I did well, not I like I mean, them. he's just,
1: he's just the dad of Ryan Reynolds' character. Y- yeah. But I mean, there's two of them, so it makes it confusing. Right. <laughs> True. Well, there's three of them. You actually see three uh, of the characters. You see, yeah. you see, <laughs> see a kid. I'm, I'm muddling the waters even more here. You you see Ryan Reynolds' character in 2018. You see Ryan Reynolds' character in 28 2022, and you see obviously Ryan Reynolds from 2050. But the one,
0: the one from 2050 is the same one. In 2018.
1: Because he yes. just traveled through all the times. So it's yes. only two. It, well, it's only one. It's the same one. There's no two uh, of them. Oh, damn it. Okay. See, these time I travel have... movies, this is the problem with the time travel movies. You know, you can have a really well-made time travel movie. Like I would say Tenet is a really well-made time travel movie. Uh... But but there's so much about mm-hmm. it that when you start thinking about the movie, you start thinking about the plot line and the reasons certain people did what they did. And this and the reason some things happen the way they happened um, it none of it makes sense because time travel itself doesn't make sense So it's, it's hard for me to watch these movies and enjoy it because the entire time I'm I'm analytical and and I'm thinking about the the story as a whole and I can't buy it and so the entire time that suspension of disbelief is uh, not being suspended anymore And it's coming back into reality. And I'm like, oh, this is really dumb. I can't follow. I can't can't buy in. I can't allow myself to live in this fictional world because it's so outrageous. Does that make any sense? Yeah, I'm with you. And I'm glad that they didn't
0: touch on it too much because I feel like it would have just muddled the movie if they were like, this is how time travel works in this movie. Like if they would have spent time actually digging into it, I think it would have fallen apart a little more and made it a little more muddled. It doesn't matter. Their time well, they, travel exists. Well, they, they touched on it a little bit, right? I mean, they touched a little not bit like, on... Well, not if like, I do They don't, like, set up the, the rules as, like, I don't know, say Looper or, like, Endgame or even Prisoner of Azkaban has, like, rules of, like, can and can'ts for time travel. I'm glad that they were just, like, time travel exists. Our dad helped discover it. Uh, now we need to save him from dying or something. But... So the main baddie of the movie is a businesswoman who is their dad's old boss, played by Katherine Keener. Is she? She's like their boss, right, or his boss? Mark Ruffalo's boss.
1: Yeah, I think that's. I think that's what's implied. Well, she
0: is the one funding the discovery of time travel that their dad is working on. Right. She comes back and meets a de-aged version of Catherine Keener and it is i think the worst de-aging i have ever seen in a movie i uh, it was not,
1: not not as bad as uh Jeff Bridges in Tron Legacy i don't
0: know dude this was like maybe it's bad for like now like de-aging was bad in like 2009 when that came out the fact that it's comparable to 2009 de-aging it's was, I was like shocked.
1: I felt like I was watching a video game cutscene. Yeah. It was unreal. That that part I didn't mind so much just because, hey, it's a low budget Netflix film. Yeah. I, my gripes are more with the creative choices and the plot and the characters than, uh, than the, the the visuals, which were were lacking for sure. I mean, the, the visual effects are not up to par to any theatrically released film yeah for sure not at all
0: it, i was just like i hadn't seen it took me off guard how bad the de-aging was because we like marvel has done a pretty good like luke deepfaked in mando was like some of the best i've ever seen if he doesn't like move his head a lot but like seeing it that bad like jarred me a little bit because disney has it like they're doing it so well um I want to touch on before we move on. I want to touch on the emotional aspects that I was talking about at the beginning of the review. The relationship that Walker Scoble, Little Adam, who is Little Ryan Reynolds, his relationship with his mom. Um, like Ryan Reynolds' whole like thing is like, oh, I'm a dickhead. The Walker Scoble plays it really well, where he is like you see the banter between him and his mom and like his mom's like still kind of grieving his dad and he is obviously too. So he takes it out on his mom. And like, I like that it's called out that he's like being a huge asshole to her because I feel like some movies like this, they're just like, leave it like, Oh, he's just acting up or like you see the ramifications of there's a scene where older Ryan Reynolds runs into 28, his mom in 2018 and they have a conversation about they they talk without knowing who each other are, um, and Ryan Reynolds basically like apologizes to her for being such like so mean after uh, their dad died, and I don't know I I liked that aspect of it where like I liked all the relationships with the mom, the, who like the Jennifer Garner character more so I guess like the emotional stuff when it came to the dad. Did not care about. But the emotional, like, stop being such an asshole to your mom, like, she's trying her best stuff. I I actually did like that. And I did buy in. And I thought that that bar scene between older Ryan Reynolds and um, the current 2018 mom actually, like, worked. Like, that was a standout scene for me.
1: I am glad that those scenes worked for you. I'm glad those (laughs) scenes worked for you. I... I don't know if I can give those scenes as glowing of a review as you. I can appreciate what they were attempting to do. I see where they were going. I see that obviously they're using the sci-fi aspect of the film as just a backdrop and uh, as a medium to tell a story that's really not about time travel. That's really not about um, you know, the science fiction aspects of the film. It's a story, again, about grief and about family after grief and uh, and how kids react to that grief and how it affects them growing up and about forgiveness and all that stuff. I mean, these are, again, really heavy-hitting themes, really deep topics, and it requires a lot of care and thought and sensitivity to tell stories about those themes well, and a low budget side sci-fi film by Ryan Reynolds is just not gonna do that and it didn't do that and um, maybe maybe it hit for
0: me because and again this is like we'll get to our I'll just come out like I gave it initially a two and I think I'll probably move it up to a two and a half because I did have decent a decent time with it um but like I was expecting to give it like a one one and a half like i was aff- expecting this to be like offensively bad like i had ryan reynolds netflix red notice on my brain and i was expecting it to be like that and i was like it exceeded my expectations in certain ways obviously we've kind of been crapping on it a little bit this whole time but it i don't know that i did enjoy some aspects of it so i'm giving
1: it uh Two and a half no stops
0: two and a half two and stars.
1: And a half stars. You know, it's it's funny. I th- I think anyone listening to the to the pod would think that you like this film a whole lot more than me, and I would agree with that. And it's it's funny that I also on Letterboxd gave it a two and a half stars. I gave it the two and a half stars again because I'm giving it some leeway for being a Netflix film, for being a low budget film, and for being relatively fun. If you know, if you can just suspend your disbelief through the film I know I keep using that phrase if you can get past um, some of the corniness uh, some of the overused character traits of Ryan Reynolds acting you can get past it it's a fun film so I give it a straight two and a half especially in comparison to the other Netflix films but for me it didn't quite work and I wasn't the biggest of fans
0: and what was your rating What'd you give it? Two and a half. Two and a half. Two, two and a half. All right. Well, that's. I mean, we're reviewing a Netflix sci-fi movie in March. I think that's. I think this was a success. Um, moving. Actually, before we move ahead, Sean Levy
1: set to direct Deadpool three with Ryan oh, Reynolds. That's right. That's right. We mentioned that. Yeah. Yeah. That, yeah. That came out like the same together. day. Yes. Which. I mean, probably I can see why they announced it on the same day. See what they yeah. were going for there. I, uh, I'm i not mad about it. I like Free Guy a lot. Free Guy is infinitely better than The Adam Project, for sure. Um, and I know that the the same writing team for Deadpool 1 and 2 are coming back for Deadpool 3, which is a great sign. Okay, well, that, that gives me some hope. Same writers... And Ryan Reynolds, obviously, still producing, still really heading up the film. Yeah. And I think Sean Levy is is a capable director. I, I've liked what he has done with Ryan Reynolds. And uh, I don't know his filmography too much outside of these two movies, but uh, not a bad choice. I don't have much I more actually, to say about
0: it. I, I thought the same thing. I was like, there are no Sean Levy movies I've seen outside of this. And I was shocked. He directed all three Night at the Museums. He directed Real Steel. He directed Date Night. He directed Cheaper by the Dozen. He directed Pink Panther. He directed Big Fat Liar. Like, he, the man's just been directing, like, family movies for 20 years. I yeah, was shocked. when I, I, mean, I was like, oh, he directed every single movie I had on DVD in eighth grade
1: that's a great point yeah i'm going through that i'm going through that imdb list of movies he's directed right now and you're right there's there's a lot of very respectable movies in here real steel i really like that movie with real steel's
0: maybe the most deadpool-y out of like he hasn't done violence which i'm curious to see how uh he fares because most of his movies are like family flicks
1: i don't know so he did Night in the Museum, Batha the Smithsonian, bro. <laughs> A lot of violence in that one.
0: <laughs> I think there is maybe the most blood out of that one out of the three. Um Alright, yeah. So looking forward to next week. There are three movies I think we're going to dole out between the three of us. We'll all watch one movie. And then we'll come together and have a roundtable Q&A about the three. Um, I am texting Ian right now. Ian's not with us today because he is out, out of state. Um, but he'll be with us next week. I asked him which of the three he wanted, and he went with X, the new Ty West A24 horror film. Um, so that puts Deep Waters, a Hulu Ben Affleck on a Moss movie, or Windfall with Jason Segel and Jesse Plemons.
1: Jason, you pick. Oh, thank God you gave me the choice to pick because I'm gonna choose Deep Waddle for one reason and one reason only. Ben Affleck. That's right, Bat Flack. No, yeah, maybe a day Amas. Come on, man. Oh my. I Lord. mean,
0: I I wasn't gonna take it for myself, so I had I had to be fair. Since I'm the one doling these out, I'll probably catch both of those since they're on streaming. Um, Deepwater is on Hulu I guess I'm watching Windfall, Jesse Plemons, Jason Segel movie, uh, that's a Netflix original um, but since Deepwater is on Hulu I'll probably catch it and then I'll probably watch X at some point but after we interview because it looks like we're going to interview uh, some point next week So that's what we're looking forward to next week, a triple header Q&A Deep water X and Windfall. Jason, why don't you sign us out? Thanks for
1: listening to Potland Episode Two. Catch you next week. Please like and subscribe. Love you, mom.